remember the past, pick up your copy of the Haven Herald and rev up your attack van as we escape to Haven. This is Trouble, the Haven Rewatch podcast. I'm your first host in our father-son podcasting duo, Alex French. And this is Rich French, the French that wonders why the universe is so cruel that it takes the hair away from the one place you want it and puts it all the places you don't. I'm talking about mill pattern baldness, folks. I think they got it. (laughs) All right. So like every episode, we like to start with a summary. Uh, Today's episode is episode five of season three, Double Jeopardy. All right. Just jumping right in. Uh, We have a, what is it, like a marketplace or something like that? Or like a, I don't know, it's like marketing. Like a little little fair on the coast by the promenade, right by the shore. and. Mm -hmm. And we have a gentleman who looks creepy and he's carrying a bag. He's scoping out some cheerleaders. And then he uh, sees a woman in a pretty short skirt up inside a gazebo, gets in line way too close to her and then pushes his bag underneath her skirt. So we obviously know what he's doing, doing there. Yeah, he's got a box, whatever, like a box of cereal that's got a hole in it. His camera's in there. He gets home later, uh, locks the doors up tight. And starts uploading his like footage when he sees something is in the background, like, you know, in the reflection of the monitor turns around, the spoon is missing from his little Sunday and he gets attacked. Uh, We later find out he got his eyes scooped out with the spoon. Right. So next we got uh, Dukes at the courthouse and he's in court with Judge Boone and he's arguing, uh, you know, that his parking ticket is invalid and all of that. You know, he has a really good spiel, even mentions the stenographer, and it's pretty funny and entertaining. Judge Boone, you know, lets him off on the parking ticket, but then tells him he needs to get to the state and pay $5,000 for his shaky uh, uh, liquor license, which. So Duke gets out of there, leaves the courthouse, and what does he see? He sees a woman in a white dress standing by his car, his truck, where all four tires are slashed. And he's like, did you see who did it? She shows him the knife and then starts scraping the side. He runs over to Tommy, and uh, and Tommy's like, dude, you need to get a, you know, you need to get a new crazy uh, radar, whatever. And uh, by the time he turns around, the woman's gone. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Audrey and Nathan are kind of investigating uh, the pervert's death and, you know, they found about the eyes and stuff and they're like, maybe it's a bull gun killer, but they're kind of figuring it's not. And eventually they get a photo from his hard drive uh, from his security systems, you know, that he has in his house, in his apartment. Uh, and they see a woman who looks, you know, similar to the one Duke saw, uh, but, you know, more blurry. Right. And, uh, just want to make note they said it took the fire department five minutes to get through the door so which we'll talk about later and as duke is trying to kick out the last drunk guy uh he sees the woman in white again and she starts smashing the shit out of his bar and destroying everything uh so duke tries to kind of rescue the drunk guy who's coming back in and be like you know get back get back and he hurts the guy and gets uh when he calls the cops he gets taken in and held at the station Right. So then the next morning, uh, you know, Tommy's in there telling him he's got a, you know, court date with uh, Judge Boone tomorrow and uh, which Duke is not very appreciative of. And then Audrey and Nathan come in and he, he tells them his spiel about the, the woman in white. And they're like, oh, we got another guy who had his eyes uh, spooned out by the woman in white. Right. And so at the hospital, uh, they head to the hospital, right? Right. 
and to find uh, the woman who uh, a woman's been beaten, that you know, beaten up pretty bad, broken bones, right? Yeah, Meg, her name's Megan Berlin. She has 22 bone fractures, and it was, and she was uh, alone in a secured room because she's being investigated for child abuse for shaking her six-month-old baby. Right, and so they're like, okay, whoever this, whatever's going on, it's going to come after Duke again. So Duke spends the night with Audrey. Meanwhile, Nathan's going to go investigate the guard at the Gun and Rose to get some more answers from them regarding Audrey because he, you know, is like, I got to save you. Right. So he goes in and he sees this guy. I, I like to call him perv number two. And he's like <laughs> trying to stuff cash into Jordan's cleavage. So uh, it's just <laughs> kind of crazy. And at that point, Jordan tells Nathan, hey, there is something you can do, you know, for us to get in. And she tells him about Duncan Fromsley, who's locked away in Shawshank. And apparently he's got cancer and he's refusing treatment. And his wife is very close to the guard, and she thinks if they bring Jordan back to Haven in a minimum security, she can talk him into getting the, the chemo. Nathan doesn't like it because he thinks Duncan's a murderer who burned down his own house for insurance money and burnt his own son up. But he says, if you, you know, if I do this, you got to vouch for me and introduce me to everyone. All right. Meanwhile, at uh, Audrey and Duke's sleepover. You know, Audrey's like, oh, I got a gun to protect me. Duke's like, I got my knives, blah, 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 blah. They try to go to sleep, but Duke can't sleep, wakes up Audrey. You know, they're trying to have a heartfelt discussion, right? Yeah, they do. She falls asleep. Duke covers her up with the blanket. And then all of a sudden, Lady in White appears, drags him back. And Duke tries to stab her, goes right in, no blood. Audrey has to shoot her three times with a shotgun before she shatters into what looks like plaster. You know, but that doesn't stop her still. Within a few seconds, she's back and she throws Audrey out onto the deck and she's pummeling on Duke. And by the time Audrey is able to get back in there, Duke's on the floor, beat up, and the woman's gone. Okay, so the next day, Audrey's got these pictures drawn up of the woman, you know, uh, or, you know, <laughs> and they're trying to figure it out. And they kind of see the painting uh, in the courtroom and they're like, oh, shit, it's like the Lady Justice painting. Like, you know, what's going on here? Exactly. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So after that, they, you know, they want to get some advice on this. So Audrey, Duke and Nathan go to the Haven Herald where the Teagues are there and they're asking them, Hey, if we can, and Audrey's like, if we can track down who the model was for the painting, then we can look through the family and find who the troubled person is. And then uh, they're like, well, there's no model. It was based upon the classic uh, Lady Justice was based upon classic femi uh, femininity or whatever image of it. So but then there, then Duke mentions like, hey, she was made out of plaster. And then they both freak out and they're like, what you got there is a golem. And they, you know, Dave tells them, you know, it's a golem. And Vince is like, Duke, they're out of folklore, but they come to life when they're controlled by a troubled person doing their bidding. And basically they say they're indestructible. So. Yeah, you're fucked. You're not defeating it. Uh, so they're kind of like, are like, Oh, we, who could, who could be doing it? And they're like, Oh, you know what? The judge is around for all this stuff. It's probably the judge. Uh, cue perfect timing. Nathan's like, well, I got to get this guy, this whole prison transit, this whole prison transfer thing. 
So he goes to the judge, tries to talk to him, and it kind of sounds like the judge is going to shoot him down for, you know, bribery and stuff. And he's like, ah, I'm just playing. Like, give me some scotch or whatever. Yeah, single malt. I prefer a single malt. And then, uh, and while he's doing this, the stenographer, Lynette, is in the background. So she's seeing all that's going on between Duke and the judge. The judge calls, uh, you know, Warden uh, Buxley at uh, Shawshank and says, hey, you transfer this prisoner and I'll forgive your debt for that eagle I hit on hole 17. And by the way, an eagle is two under par. Very rare. <laughs> right. And Lady Justice gets him, right? So, yeah, Nathan walks off, you know, and, and Audrey calls him and says, hey, I'm, you know, I think it's Judge Boone who's controlling the golem. And, uh, It'd be kind of funny. You can imagine Christopher uh, Walken doing Gollum. Gollum. No, didn't work. I tried. Stick to the summary. Stick to the facts. So, so Duke, so excuse me, uh, Nathan runs back into the courthouse and there's the judge uh, with his head limp and like with the scales of justice piercing him right into his bench. It's very graphic scene. And then he calls Audrey. He's like, yep, we got the wrong guy. Yeah. So they're they're kind of coming to investigate and Nathan's like, oh, I got to go take care of this shit. And he goes to, you know, while Audrey, Tommy and Duke are kind of doing their thing. Nathan knows he's got to go do the whole, you know, he's got to go check out the how the prison transfer is going to go because Jordan was a little suspicious last time he tried to talk to her. Well, yeah. So he was walking again and, you know, and called Jordan, you know, Jordan called him and told him and he said, hey, it's happening this afternoon. And he's almost on foot right by the, the, the Gun and Rose Diner. And he's like, yeah, I'll come over. And she's like, she's freaked out. So he's kind of right by the Gun and Rose Diner. And when he tells her, hey, I'll come over, she's like, no, 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 I didn't come in today. And he sees her right there at the diner outside, rip off her apron and jump in her blue SUV. So, you know, something's afoot. And yeah. of course he follows her and she does arrive at the Dixie boy uh, truck stop where uh, two sheriff guards are gassing up their van and she gets out and does the little cutesy. Can you give me directions? And then grabs each of them and her trouble takes them both down to the ground where they're just trembling and quaking in pain. And uh, Nathan sees this and then Nathan goes and gets his shotgun because uh, apparently everyone has a shotgun in Haven and, uh, she whistles like basically calls out and then two thugs drive up and take uh take our our boy duncan out of the van and at that moment one of the guards somehow gets through his pain is trying to take aim with his pistol so nathan pissed, uh, like whips him in the head with the butt butt of the shotgun knocking him out and he just tells her to go Right. Meanwhile, uh, Audrey and Duke have kind of figured out, like, oh, there's one person, you know, who's seen all this. It's not the stenographer, Lynette. So they go to confront her. She's like, oh, you know, the blah, 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 blah. And, you know, at the at first, she's, you know, the classic, like, what? And then it's That's like, well, impossible. You, yeah. you guys are doing bad things. So, you know, I'm not going to say I feel bad and shit. And then, you know, Duke is like, well, you know, I, I killed a guy. And then Lady Justice comes out. And then, you know, like, but it was to save people. It's like, oh, shit. And then she kind of turns the, you know, oh, no, if I've been ordering this thing to kill people and stuff like I need to be punished. So, of geez. course, yeah, grabbed by Lady Justice and put into the painting that Lady Justice comes out of. Which uh, shocks uh, both Nathan and uh, not Nathan, Duke and Audrey. That's right. That's right. It's shocking. Uh, meanwhile, Nathan's going to kind of go talk to <laughs> jordan at the uh gun and rose right 
Right. Yeah. Uh, she seems a little upset when he comes in and he's upset with her for lying to him and not telling the truth. You know, this guy was an arsonist who killed his son. And she's like, well, that's not the true case with Duncan. Duncan's trouble. He was sleeping. He had a nightmare. And because of his trouble, when he, the nightmare started the house on fire, I mean, and he lost his son in the fire. And now he's in a prison where if he has a nightmare, he could end up burning it down and killing a lot more people. So that's why they took them to, cause they keep the troubled and keep them safe. And they're willing to do just about anything to protect them. And he, he, he gets it, but he's like, you should have told me the truth. Then you wouldn't have to have hurt those uh, men. And, cause he could see how badly it hurt her that she had to hurt people with her trouble, which he uses, you know, to kind of come in, grab her hands. And then they do eventually start kissing passionately. And then he uh, walks away and says, good night. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And she looks kind of confused or flustered. I'm not sure. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Audrey is back at the station, you know. Oh, I finally got some, like, files from the FBI about the bolt gun killer stuff. And she's talking to Claire. She doesn't. And, you know, she kind of looks at all the stuff, figures stuff out. And is like, oh, my God, he's building a new woman, not collecting trophies. And that's kind of the big thing, which I think we kind of all figured out from, you know, the final (laughs) scenes we've been seeing of what he's been doing, of what the bolt gun killer has been doing, because... This also leads to our final scene again, where the bulk gun killer's got, you know, all the pieces and he's starting to sew. Yeah, he's sewing the scalp on uh, something. So this is a really interesting and good way, I think, to end the episode. All right. So with that conclusion, what do you give it for the rating? Okay, I really like this episode quite a bit, and I think it's one of the better episodes of the season so far. Uh, I love the way the dialogue was written and acted throughout. So I have to give a, a shout out to the cast and to the Zuckerman sisters uh, who wrote who wrote the episode. And they, they usually do pretty good. Yeah. And I really love this trouble. Uh, it's really neat. And I liked how the relationships develop between the main characters. And then you throw in some Teagues and you got uh, one heck of an episode. There are some little things I'll nitpick about later, but they really don't take away from the episode. So, I mean, I really liked it. I, I on a patent pending frontal meter, I got to give it a nine. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give it. It's somewhere between an eight and a nine. Uh, I think it's it's pretty yeah, up there. I, if we were doing the half scale, I would do an eight point five. But because we don't, you know, we eschew the half scale, I'm I have to give it a nine. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll give it. I'll give it an eight, but yeah, it's somewhere between an eight and a nine. It's not, I don't know if it's quite a nine, but it's probably a little better than just an eight, you know, uh, somewhere up there. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good episode. And uh, this director's only directed one uh, episode of Haven, but she's done a lot of good stuff. Uh, so uh, Canadian uh, director, but. What's some other stuff from good. her that you like? Her name is uh, Nisha Ganatra. Okay, so Nisha Ganatra has worked on some pretty good stuff. Um, uh, she's worked on uh, The Last Man on Earth, that show with uh, Will Forte, that I really like. She's done Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I like, but always oh, should have been better than it was with the type of talent. I mean, she's done Fresh Off the Boat, Dear White People, uh, Better Things, Shameless even, and... Uh, so Mr. Robot, she did an episode of Mr. Robot, an episode of the Mindy Project. I mean, she gets around. Yeah, it looks like she's pretty like, you know, I think a lot of like. I think a lot of TV directors tend to 
fallen two camps like one they're looking for like a show they kind of like can plant their flag and come back around to all the time or something like that um or like a certain company and then there's ones who are like our floaters so i'm not sure I, i'm curious if she's like because it looks like she did like a feature and some stuff at the beginning but has stuck to mostly tv i wonder what her you know maybe she just likes doing you know coming in jumping in do like one or two and then jumping right out yeah, she came on board and, and Matt McGinnis made some crazy joke and she was like, okay, all right, well, one episode's <laughs> enough. No, just kidding, Matt. Just just having fun. Come on our podcast. I think it's somewhere between an eight and a nine. I don't think there's really anything that I was like, like, I know in some previous episodes we've been like, oh, what the fuck, you know, with this or that. Or like, oh, that's suspect. This, I don't really, nothing like jumped out at me as like, like, what? Uh, off the top of my head oh i mean okay for me there are things that jump out but like i said you know in my rating is i don't think they're you know really take away from the episode but when you watch the episode as closely as i do you know you know you notice things what what jumped out at you okay so let's just you know kind of at at the the beginning at the uh the the creepers uh apartment how the hell how the hell is the ice cream sundae there and not completely melted? He, we saw him come in. He, he didn't make a sundae. It was sitting there. That, that's just weird. He keeps it really cold. <laughs> okay. I mean, I get it's to show that the spoon was missing and that this uh, being has, you know, you know, hyper speed almost, you know, you, you could say. And, but then they make the big deal about how it took the firefighters five minutes to get through. And it was only one bolt. It was only one deadlock deadbolt. It, it wasn't well, he like, had two, like, right? He had two. No, he had he? a chain. Oh, that's he right, had a, a chain. chain and a deadbolt. It's not like New York City where they got like six of them. You know? Yeah. So and it, it didn't take no five minutes to get through. But I mean, like I said, that's not really takes away from the episode unless you're like me watching it closely, you know, and like I was just like wondering why it. they why they emphasize that, why they were like, oh, it took the farm. Like, I guess they're trying to say that nobody could possibly have gotten in here. But like the security cameras do that it was kind of like why did you even add that line it was kind of like okay like whatever i i wish someone had been like i don't care um let's just check the security cameras like there's literally a fucking like solution right here built into this guy's apartment <laughs> right and then later of course they get a partial image and it looks like a, a white dress blurring through okay so like uh like little things that you know kind of stuck out to me that i didn't necessarily like what do you think about the name of the drunken guy at the gray goal? What was his name again? Jack Daniels. For the love of God. Was Jack that his Daniels. like actual name or is that just what Duke was calling him? No, no, no. That's what Tommy called him when he said he was uh, that Jack Daniels filed assault charges on him. I kept thinking it was like kind of like a continued joke or something. I didn't take that as like his literal name is Jack Daniels. I, I took it as his literal name and I think that's, you know, that's awful. It's just, eh. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I just don't take it as his literal name. So I'm not like offended. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's not like it offended me. It's just, you know, I just thought it was pretty <laughs> stupid. I mean, Wait, did Duke know. call him Jack Daniels also? No, Duke no, never. It was, it was just Tommy, right? Yeah, just Tommy. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it was just Tommy, you know, knowing that this dude was drunk as fuck, calling him Jack Daniels. I don't think that was his fucking name. I think he was messing around. Well, this isn't something that necessarily, uh, you know, bothered me, but it's just kind of odd that we managed to get two perverts in one episode. 
right? So we have the peeper, you know, uh, Dooley, and then we got the, you know, the the creeper in the Gun and Rose diner, who's trying to stick money in just a regular diner waitress waitress cleavage. Just it's kind of crazy. I didn't expect uh, that in this episode. <laughs> well, I guess. You know, maybe they're trying to draw attention to how much this actually happens in Haven. It's a it's a big problem that they got to take care of. Very old old town mentality, you know. Although the perv is a pretty like twenty first century version of pervert. The the camera in the bag under the skirt. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a modern pervert, if you will. Although pretty yeah. old school. He's basically, I don't know, pretty pre internet, but like post technology pervert if we're going to break it down into classified eras well i mean i wouldn't say i i would say post internet because uh he's uploading he makes his money by uploading the videos on the internet you know yeah but he's not like acquiring his photos via the inner the internet that oh, okay. i would say okay. like okay. i would say internet era as he's like hacking social media like private accounts or like cloud databases and stuff like that for photos then i would be like oh yeah this guy's like a in the internet era but this is like you know two th- the aughts decade of like doing his business off <laughs> the internet but uploading it to the internet okay yeah, anyway yeah. whereas well, the other guy's he, more of a classic more classic yeah, he, pervert yeah he, he likes to take matters into his own hands you know and <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't resist i had to i had to Anyway, yeah, perverts abound in this episode. Uh, the first guy is kind of like, I thought, it, the guy at the diner, I think, is pretty like, you know. But but the person at the beginning could have been any kind of like, could have been any kind of like scumbag, you know, that could, like, it, it didn't have to be anything in particular. Yeah, uh, they, they had to make him bald, of course. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> now, and, and, and now you know why I don't wear glasses out in public, because... <laughs> People see that, and that's what they think. That's why they think that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, they, yeah. So interesting that they would have it like once later on, but you know, maybe they're like, hey, there's a lot of perversion that happens. It doesn't get spotted. It doesn't get pointed to on TV. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess, but you know, and there's you know little things that stick out. Like I said, there's uh, there's a lot to unpack at the post Judge Boone murder scene. I mean, the cor- the coroner already knows the cause of death. You know, I mean, pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, no, Tommy says it's a broken neck. You know, the rest of it was. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right, huh? Was symbols right? But 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 with that said. We didn't get another Lucchese, uh, uh, Lucchese appearance, so I was happy for that. Uh, at least it got it over the phone. Yeah, but now the yeah, what? It, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue, continue. Right, and then you know, uh, Nathan's like, I know why Judge Boone was murdered. He's corrupt because he was helping me with Jordan. I mean, <laughs> really? I mean, getting a prisoner transferred for just you know for you know uh, you know a bottle of a single malt scotch. Uh, you can determine he's corrupt just on that let's see he didn't well okay the the whoever didn't press charges against the kids so he's clear on that uh at the beginning was that like normal with duke like how you would handle that if his like liquor license or whatever is like i don't know is it not existent or questionable how can a liquor license be like like it's binary right so you got it or you don't right i mean and it's it's got to be posted in your establishment 
So right. Yeah. So I don't know what this like. That's kind of what I was like. Wait a minute. Like, well, either you don't or you do. Either he's fucked or he isn't. Like, it's not like a. It's not like a, it's not something that can be. I don't know. A great error. It's like, well, we looked at your uh, liquor license. It's a D, D plus. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. We'll let you keep going for a minute, but maybe you know, close a little early or something. It's like, well, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your liquor license is gone after uh, 10 p.m. if you you don't get to uh, <laughs> yeah to the C state minus with a with five thousand dollars. So yeah, that, that was interesting. I think that was a way for Duke to get outside the courthouse and see his tires slashed by the woman in white. But uh, I mean, he still could have had his liquor license pulled. Yeah, any way he could have left, he was going to leave the courthouse and see his tires slashed. Uh, the liquor right. license was just kind of a confusing, like, huh? Like once again, it's kind of like the fireman where it's like unnecessary. Cause he was going to leave the courthouse after his parking tickets anyway. But I guess they were trying to say something about the judge that the judge is kind of like hard ass. Hard ass Duke. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that, that's kind of how I, uh, how I took it. I didn't really think he was like that much of a hard ass though. Well, no, no, because, you know, Duke's, you know, being all, you know, smarmy and, you know, with his uh, jokes, even joking about, does Lynette own that Argyle or is that Argyle own Lynette? And, uh, As for the ending, I guess it's because what we've been seeing, but like, is it really that much of a surprise of the killer building like a body? I don't know. I feel like, like, yeah, the collecting the trophies, but I don't know. I feel like. I feel like my assumption is always like, yeah, they're building like a skin suit or a body or something if they're collecting body pieces. Right, right. I mean, but, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, so I actually like that they ended with that. It keeps it, you know, that, okay, we're we're seeing what's going on, you know, parallel with the killer. But my thing is, is we're almost halfway through the season. You better start giving us a little more now, you know, because we're, we're, you know, this is episode five of a 12 episode season. I mean, we need to start advancing that story a little bit more. Yeah, I think, well, it's also giving us information we already know. We know that he's like building like a body or something. He's putting the pieces on like the fucking mannequin head. Like, so we know that already. So it's just kind of like anticlimactic that it's like, Oh, Audrey's got the realization that he's building a new body. It's like, yeah, we know, like, like we're, we're privy to the information. Like, how about something that's like a, like, whoa, I thought this was going to be like, Claire is like, I was kind of like, whoa, are they going to find out? Like, cause she's like, oh, you know, they found a woman's body or whatever. I was like, oh, is it Claire's like body they found? Like what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, I find it funny. They didn't realize that he was making a woman had, you know, had no one on the, Nathan, Audrey, Claire, Duke, none of them saw the Silence of the Lambs. Come on, by this time, they would have seen the Silence of the Lambs. Or Resurrection. They didn't see Resurrection either. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was too early for Human Centipede, but uh, that's a whole other matter, I know. Uh, He's not really building a body. He's more building (laughs) uh, a three-person monstrosity. Yeah, he's Uh, trying to make a human Voltron. Well, I guess in the later ones, it's even more people. Um, oh, yeah, I, I no thanks. But nonetheless, uh, I, but I'm with you. And speaking of Silence of the Lambs, you know, I think I really got the, the feel that uh, I don't know, if it, you know, who was behind it, the writers, producers, you know, or, you know, they're uh, really seemed to me like they were paying homage to uh, to Silence of the Lambs. I mean, the way the uh, 
the judge was killed and, and staged like that, that totally reminded me of the scene when Hannibal Lecter escapes uh, his cell. Right, oh, just the, the state, yeah, just the staging of the body. Staging, yeah, and then at the end, of course, we got a guy making a skin suit. I mean, a woman suit. So uh, you know, I don't know. It's a bit of a Buffalo stretch. Bill? Really? I think that's really? a stretch. You're pulling a Matt McGinnis with his uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey reference. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, and the, if there was I, a commentary, <laughs> if there was a commentary, this documentary is like, yeah, yeah, we're really, this is our Silence of the Lambs episode. You'd be like, what? <laughs> no, I just, those two things kind of kind of stuck out to me. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that kind of uh, stuck out to me was uh, I, I thought it was really cool how they brought uh, the Dixie Boy back, you know, and they've been doing that this season, you know, bringing back past, mm-hmm. you know, locations and and stuff, which I think is really cool. But, uh, you know, how is Nathan going to cover this shit up? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, those were sheriffs. They're not under him. Those, you know, he's the chief of police sort of city of Haven. The sheriffs are county. So I'm telling you, if if I get fucking super taste by, by by Jordan, and then I get beaten the head with the with the stock of a shotgun, there's no way I'm not taking issue with this. I don't, know, I don't know how Nathan gets out of that. He doesn't get out of it by crumpling up a fax at the end of the day. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was. One of my things is like, yeah, uh, it's not 19 like 70 whatever. Like you can't just be like, well. <laughs> Crumpled up the now it's gone. It's like a uh, Duke and the, solved. It's like Duke Evie and the fucking FBI file, right? Where like they have the paper file and they're like, this is it. It's like it's on the computer. Come on. Like where it's like they fucking digitally upload. The cops have the computers yeah. in their cars where they have information like this. Like, come on. Like immediately, probably the next day, probably late, like the next morning, Tommy's gonna be like, Hey, you guys like looked at this, like. And one of the attackers looks just like you, Nathan, like according to the description. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that was another thing, you know, I was kind of uh, hoping, you see, I'm probably looking much too much into this because just at the beginning with uh, removing his eyes with a spoon, that took me way back to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with uh, <laughs> Alan Rickman playing the sheriff of Nottingham. And he's like, I'll tear out his heart with a spoon. And I was like, I was curious if, that could have inspired that. I don't know. Because that's yeah, really that's, the only good part. The only good part of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is Alan Rickman. Morgan Freeman's decent, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it now. I'll say fuck Kevin Costner in almost any movie. Um, not I a liked, fan. I liked Waterworld. He drank, he drank <laughs> I, his own urine. I like so. to laugh at Waterworld. Um, it's a fun <laughs> time. Not because it's like that good of a movie. Anyway. I was just, the postman i don't think i've seen it uh, uh oh, come on dances with wolves nah too long too old it's not as funny it's not as fun it's not as funny as mad tv's uh mad tv's version of dirty dances with wolves <laughs> which it was hilarious but uh hey dances with wolves i actually used to know a bar owner who was native american and he was an extra in dances with wolves he well, made sure we knew that. And uh, every, cool every time, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, that's a pretty extreme ass pull for the scooping out the heart with a spoon as inspiration for scooping out eyes with a spoon. I'm going to have to 
I don't know. We we need like a Suckermans. I know like... you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> a bullshit meter or uh... yeah, some stamp of disapproval. Yeah. So uh, the Zuckerman sisters are, you know, free to uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter and uh, or email us and let us know if uh, I'm correct. <laughs> well, and while they're at it, I would suggest they be they become Patreon members. There's a lot of <laughs> bonus material that they would enjoy. Yeah, they're like this is the con- it's just like very loose connections to movies from like yeah. 199 from like 199. What well, was Prince of Thieves 90 or 91? Uh, it was 91. Uh, okay, I'm, cool. I'm so we're, we're pulling multiple references from 91 here. Prince of Thieves and Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yeah, it, it was obviously a seminal point in the, the lives <laughs> of the Zuckerman sisters. So And you. <laughs> and well, obviously me. Okay, you, you want to... So it had that horrible Brian Adams song. I, I do it for you or do it for love, whatever shit. And I was stationed at Fort Sam Houston and had this gentleman from Nigeria who was in, you know, training with me. And he took out a a cassette, put out his radio, 30 minute cassette, and he recorded that song over and over on both sides (laughs) of the cassette and would play it. And he would look at you like you like French. Do you? When you when I love a track, I can listen to it over and over. And I'm like, man, I can't take it. I'm going to (laughs) destroy your your radio. Well, why? So, oh, I guess it's tape. Yeah, it's not like the same as like a CD where you just like put it know, on like, repeat. Yeah, yeah you can no. put it on repeat or just like just keep pressing like like restart on it. I guess well, like a tape, it's more time. Well, and uh, but that's what I mean. He had to put the effort in to record <laughs> it like, you know, on each side, like five times or whatever it is. And, you know, and he didn't have one of the fa- the fancy cassette players that could actually automatically flip to the other side. Those were pretty expensive. I, I had one at one point because being a somewhat audiophile. Yeah. I, I said audiophile. An, an audiophile with, with tapes instead of records. Disappointment. Yeah. Real, real to real and eight tracks, but. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, Nathan destroying the facts is pretty comical at the end. Once again, it's the same vein as the Duke FBI file, where it's like, oh, you're kind of 20 years too late. Like, uh, and even in 1990, right? Like, they still had mm-hmm. like databases. Uh, well, let's keep it in. Let's keep it in the theme. In 1991, they still had like digital like databases, right? Like, yeah, they not- had databases. For, you know for decades actually so just not like as robust as you know with the internet and everything like that but they probably right. was a usenet that would they use with the would law enforcement use something like that yeah they, they law enforcement had something like that you know they, they might have had skynet yeah okay that's 92 <laughs> you're you fucked up right isn't judgment day is 92 i believe i, I can't remember to be honest but I'm, you know i'm pretty sure it's 92 but you might be right. You might still be within. Oh, it is 91. It is 91. You're still on. You're still you're still on. All right. All right. Yes, I guess uh, it's the 1991 themed episode for some reason. <laughs> 19. Yeah. I was going to say my last full year of not being a father. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why it's met. Uh, OK. It's, it's, yeah. 92. You came along and ruined everything, man. Just right at the end, you had most of '92 to yourself. Yeah, I did. I know. Yeah, yeah. I got. I got to. I, I got to get deployed to uh, Mogadishu, Somalia. Awesome. <laughs> that was fun. Woo. 
no, it was uh, it was fun up to when I left for Somalia. What do we think of t-shirt vents? So I was going to ask you if you if you what you thought about what uh, Vince and Dave were wearing. I can't remember what Dave was wearing, but what was Vin? What, what was their their outfits looked like specific? What was what was going on here? So okay, so Vince is wearing an East Haven High uh, rifleman mm. shirt, and Dave is wearing a Haven High schooners hat. So, so what? They're brothers who went to different high schools. Exactly. What the fuck is that about? Maybe That's how if you noticed it. Well, maybe maybe like maybe. You know, I know in like the local high schools around mine, like uh, we didn't have enough people for a lacrosse team. So they had to pool three schools to create one lacrosse team. So maybe Vince played a specific sport. Like maybe he was a soccer guy or maybe, maybe he's a basketball player. He's kind of tall. He's like a basketball player, but they didn't have enough on one school. So they had to kind of pool a couple. So, you know, and they went under the banner like ours. You know, I went to Thomas Jefferson High School, but they I think Kennedy high was like the high school that like our lacrosse team was like under right wow just throwing I, it out there i wouldn't I, I i wouldn't have pictured kennedy to be where the lacrosse team was out of that's really yeah. interesting but no so because i noticed it during the scene i saw you know i'm like dude vince is wearing because it's pretty clear on vince's shirt that east haven uh east haven uh you know rifleman and mm-hmm. then Dukes, I see Haven. You and mean I, Dave? Dave's, yeah, Dukes, yeah. <laughs> Dukes got uh, was wearing it as a t-shirt, but you couldn't see it. I was like, I don't think Duke. Duke's not a school of pride. Duke, Duke, Duke got his GED. Come on, <laughs> we know it. We, you know, we don't have to hide it. But no, <laughs> but you know, I knew Dave was wearing something Haven, and I couldn't read, and I couldn't quite make it out. It looked like Haven High, but I'm like, well, that's not the Rifleman. And then, but then I noticed uh, when they're in the courtroom, the kids are uh, cut off, you know, the kids there are wearing Haven High Schooners shirts. Even some of them have shirts with like an X through the rifleman. So it's obviously high school rivalry week, you know, so it's East Haven High riflemen are taking on Haven High Schooners. And I was like, wow. And Dave and Vince went to different high schools. And that's what I realized. These two guys went to different high schools, which is a bunch of horse shit considering they lived in the same house. But maybe they were like on the board, you know, okay. Or here's another one. Maybe one of the schools had an advanced track that only one of the brothers got into. So like maybe Dave got into the advanced track because Vince is playing lacrosse. Um, Yeah. You know, (laughs) Vince is the cool guy, probably jock, ladies man, you know, he's having girlfriends. Dave was, you know, he's oh. more revenge of the nerds, you know, and planning his like uh pimpdom yeah. for later yeah, on well, in life. Well, Vince is the artist. So, you know, he's like, hey, I want to sketch you. You look good in charcoal, you know. Just don't let what's her name from season one sketch you. Uh yeah. Uh, I forgot her name. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I could remember her name to say she didn't make it very far in Survivor, but it was just, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. But, uh, you know, and uh, I thought it was because, you know, when you think back to the beginning, you know, there's a lot of cheerleaders and all of that, you know, by the promenade, you know, down there on the shore at whatever like little fair they'd set up. So. And I thought I saw something about homecoming. So I think it was Haven High's homecoming. And I think the rifleman 
would be considered the visitor in it. So that's mm. just my theory. And that's one of the neatest things, though, I think about the episode is that they have all this going on and it all pieces together if you're really paying attention. But no one ever mentions the high schools really outside of, uh, yeah, the East High School is not going to press charges for decapitating their statue, which <laughs> That's bullshit. There's yeah, there's no way they oh you need to capture the statue. Kids, boys being boys, go on about yourselves. Yeah, how much is that gonna cost to repair? Uh can you repair it? Do you have to do a new statue? I don't know. You gonna make the kids get out there with crazy glue and uh I just yeah, that was something that was like there's no freaking way they're letting these kids go. But but I thought it was really cool. I wonder if we'll, uh, you think we'll hear anything more about uh, the Dave and Vince different high school thing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't even mentioned really here. So I wonder if it's just like some fun they were having or like maybe it was more important in a different part of the script or something that didn't, that got cut out that like, um, I don't know. I feel like it was a fun thing, but it's like, it's one of those things too. Like, oh, they're rivaling. But if you really think about it, it's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I got a feeling that this is probably the last we hear about it. But you know? I, sh- I should say this, though. I did know people who were siblings who went to different high schools, like even though they lived in the same house. Like uh, I went to high, I went to middle school with a guy. And then in high school, he went to a different high school. But then I went to high school with his younger brother. Right. Like so there. I don't know. I guess I've seen stuff like this. Well, okay, that's in uh, Denver, you know, a major <laughs> metropolitan area, which also had basically school choice of that. You you know, if you're in the Den- Denver public school district, you pretty much could go wherever you really wanted to within the district. So I, I guess Haven had that same program and they chose different. Pl- I just don't buy it. I mean, but nonetheless, <laughs> it's fun. It was cute. And I don't think we'll see it again. Yeah, so, I, think I, I, think I think it's gone. I think it's gone. I don't know if, the, like I said, maybe they threw it in just for fun to see if people would notice and pick up on it. And, uh, you know, when you watch it as closely as I do, you will. Uh, do you think the people in the painting are other people who had this trouble that, like, created golems as well? Uh, I kind of thought about that. Now, are these other people in that painting, other people who've been imprisoned in there for some reason or another, not necessarily, you know, people with, uh, you know, the same as Lynette. Yeah, so but the golem, think- the golem didn't really do that to anyone except her. Everyone else, it was scoop your eyes out, break your bones or, you know, and she was trying to stab Duke. Well, and I guess that makes sense. As, and I, I, I really love that scene. And uh, I thought the, you know, for, the effects were pretty good. I, I'm normally the one who picks on the effects, but I thought, you know, them fading into the painting looked looked pretty good, actually. And I thought it was kind of poetic, right? You know, because she made the mistake of judging others, you know, incorrectly. So now she's forced to overlook the court for, I guess, to the troubles come back next time. Or I don't know, when the troubles end, does she pop out of the, the painting? Is it, is, it a, is it a bit harsh of a punishment? Like, it's a it's a pretty harsh punishment. I mean, uh, she actually didn't kill anyone. So right, it's like guy got his eyes scooped out. Do I feel bad? Right, no. duly survived, and uh, yeah. So that that is kind of a kind of a harsh punishment. But yeah, you, and the thing is, she didn't know she was doing it. It's kind of like the same thing with Duncan, right? You know, and he wasn't trying to burn down the house, you know, and kill his son. Yeah. You know? 
Now, she did say that she would look at that photo and think how she wanted justice for all those people who got away with it, you know, so. Yeah, it'd be one thing if there was like a definitive person that like died, uh, like unfairly because of this, but. Oh, and the woman who like was shaking the baby, right? Like, did they figure out she wasn't shaking the baby? Because maybe because I think a baby shaker probably does deserve to get some bone fractures. Yeah, yeah, no, I Unless they were like, she definitely wasn't like it was a mistake, like or something like that. Then I'd be like, oh, OK, yeah, like then this is bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that makes it tough, you know, to think, you know, especially if this is permanent forever. She's stuck in that painting forever. I mean, people can uh, make mistakes, learn lessons and get better. And if they commit crimes, you know, go to jail and hopefully be rehabilitated, you know, but, you know, recidivacy is pretty high. Yeah, I was like, general. I don't think the prisons. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other matter. Yeah, we don't. It's for our prison. That's for our prison analysis that's for podcast. Our, that's for our Oz pod, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a kind of harsh punishment where I was like, okay. But then again, you know, I kind of see it as like her, you know. But I guess actually I'm okay with it because it's like her idea of what she deserves is like, well. Like, and it seems like she's a harsh, harsh judge, right? And so now that she's judging herself, she gives herself, like, the fucking maximum sentence. Yeah. Like, Well, yeah, and uh, th- th- that's kind of how she sees the law, where she thinks, every, you know, people, you know, need to be punished. And uh, so, I, so I, I, I could see it. Fit, I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. I mean, actually, I thought it was a pretty cool ending, and I, I liked it. But I've always been a fan of the uh, painting, people in paintings come to life stuff and all of that. That's always interested me. Even in King's last book, he has a painting where it always seems to be in a different place or position. And, uh, you know, it's uh, probably the only little tiny bit of supernatural in what's, you know, pretty much, you know, just standard, you could say crime fiction, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool little thing that I guess it's just a watch over. I was wondering if there was something any more like, you know, uh, fitting rather than her having to watch like is there like some ultimate way for her to be judged or like take away her ability to judge people yeah if she uh, was given like the mind of an infant or something uh fire her as a stenographer (laughs) (laughs) you are not allowed near the courthouse or what if what if uh lady justice just smashed her hands so she can't do her job ever again oh she could break all the bones in her fingers yeah in her hands I was thinking like fucking crush them so that like, you know, bones heal, but like crush them. So like they are going to be pretty much useless after that. But if she broke her, if she broke her hands and like, I mean, in a bunch of different places when they, she wouldn't be able to be a stenographer. It'd be too painful. Yeah. yeah. So. I feel, yeah. So painting is pretty cool. It's more like uh visual and like poetic looking, but it's pretty severe. You're like, Ooh, like Ooh. permanent prison death kind of life life sentence yeah so uh speaking of which when did you figure out it was lynette uh i was pretty on the judge for the whole episode like pretty much when it started i'm like okay here it is it's the judge like you know see i i, I pretty much like when uh when duke first notices the painting and i'm kind of mm-hmm. like uh I'm like, you know, the judge would be way, way, way too easy. And there's only really one other person. And so, but I go, but wait, I'll wait a little longer before, you know, (laughs) 
But then, but then when she was uh, gathering the files behind Nathan, when he's talking to the judge, I knew it immediately. Then I was like, yeah, I was right. I knew it was her. I knew it was her, but it took them way too long to figure out it was her. I mean, way too damn long. I guess, you know, they kind of just forget she's around, you know, like I, I, we're, we're obviously more privy to it because there's camera shots dedicated to her where we're like, oh yeah. Okay. Like we're given points of emphasis to like, remember things, but like somebody like that, I think tends to get forgotten a lot, like in real life. So I yeah. get, I get them forgetting about her. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll allow it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a speaking <laughs> of uh, judgment. Yes, that's right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be uh, forced into an episode of Haven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be lockdown. This is gonna be the episode you get. Oh forced my into. god! You're gonna be stuck oh. in that hospital, into that police station with everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I'd be pushing Duke and Evie out the door. <laughs> get, uh, <laughs> go out there, both of you, catch them. Yeah, but. Uh, now, did you notice that one scene where Audrey walked into Nathan's office and uh, it looked like he was eating cereal? It just, it just seemed weird to me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I get it. People eat it. I see it at my desk all the time, uh, my last two companies. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I just, I don't know. It's just, just something felt off about it while he was like, uh, eating. it sounds like a Lucas idea <laughs> rather yeah. than like a Nathan thing of like, but, yeah, he's eating cereal. And I don't know if it's cereal because I can't, you can't really see, yeah. but he's spooning something out. I mean, it could be, it could, well, I wouldn't think it's ramen because you'd see he'd have to be doing a whole noodle thing. But, I feel like uh, Nate, I feel like Nathan's a real oatmeal type of guy. Yeah, it could be oatmeal. It could be oatmeal. I was just, I mean, I was going to tell you what type of cereal would you think it would be for what Nathan? type of cereal does Nathan eat? Nathan eats Count Chocula. <laughs> I was thinking Captain Crunch because uh, he likes the crunch berries that rip the roof of his mouth open. Yeah. Can he taste? Well, he can taste. He can't feel, right? Yeah. Because he can smell. Because he, right? That's true. His, his sense of smell is heightened. Because remember how Audrey used to bring him the, was it, was it flowers or candles? Yeah. I remember when they did that twice. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess Captain Crunch, you know, it wouldn't scratch the roof of his mouth. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't feel the pain. He could eat Captain Crunch without any any worries whatsoever. Unlike the average person, because oh no. Now then, you comes back to is Captain Crunch really even tasty? And I say, nah, only the peanut butter. The peanut butter Captain Crunch is pretty good. Oh, uh, I was like, I like regular more than peanut butter. Oh. Oh, how did you come from my loins? But the but crunch berry or like, you know, with the little berry bit, like the berry ones are, yeah. it's probably the best version of Captain Crunch. Nothing tops the, the greatest of all time, though. Golden Grams. Uh, I was like, I'm a Raisin Brand Crunch guy. Uh, that's a good, that, that, that's good too. Yeah. It's my cereal. Regular Raisin Brand, uh, you know. You know, honestly, after you go crunch, you can't go back. You, you can't go back. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess, but uh, I'm a big, I'm a raisin, I'm a big raisin fan. I think raisins are pretty underrated. Uh, we had another sweet talk radio song. Yeah, and I was actually, uh, I was like, I really enjoyed that that scene between Nathan and Jordan in the end. In the end. I, I mean, it, they they really look like they have some good chemistry, and uh, and I always love me some sweet sweet water radio. So um, <laughs> I was like, I can't tell. I kind of as like his weird like 
just like I'm gonna touch you like and like kiss you thing like it's kind of like part of me doesn't like it but it's a pretty like I don't know, well-acted scene or, you know, like, and like you're saying, I think they have really good chemistry. So you're like, it is, I don't know, he's a little weird where he's almost like trying to be, you know, like, how do I say it? It doesn't, it doesn't, like, it doesn't feel effortless. It feels like, like attempted by him. And I guess maybe it is if he's like, I'm seducing her for like, you know, for you, Audrey. (laughs) (laughs) I take no pleasure in this. Yeah, I'm doing this this to save you. Um, Oh man, that reminds me of the omen. I did it for you, Damien. <laughs> yeah. Was there an omen sequel in '91? Oh, oh, what was the one with Sam Neill? What was that? That was like that's late '80s, right? Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was '80s, and even the last one was like I think the last one was like '87, maybe you know. But but then they did kind of a reboot with uh, oh. Uh, no, and here it is. Omen for the Awakening, 1991. Boom. It's Boom. a TV. It's a TV movie, so that's probably why. Oh, I've seen it. it oh, is, yeah, it is bad. It's all. It's got one scary, just scary visual of like these, like uh, these demon uh, choir choir singers, which are pretty pretty scary. That's you know <laughs> really creepy. But yeah, it was bad. Uh, I would not recommend that listeners don't there's other things you can watch if you want creepy imagery get get yourself some John Carpenter you know if you can put up with sometimes a cheesy quality it's well worth there's, it there's some other movies from 91 you might want to check out first yeah I'm just I just apparently somehow am locked in on that year yeah. <laughs> I mean you weren't quoting that omen movie but <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, but you've gotten four now. It's 491 references. See, I don't know if there's any way possible I can get any more in there, but uh, I think there's, I, th- <laughs> I, I was like, we can work in like, uh, you know, if Nathan and Jordan, you know, took a pottery class, you know, then oh, we could God. do some ghost references. Well, yeah, anything Whoopi Goldberg related, we could uh, <laughs> we you could know. squeeze in Ghost. Uh, yeah, I, so it was a good scene. I thought they had really good chemistry, like you said. I think uh, um, she's doing a pretty good job, even though, you know, I think it's intriguing because we don't have a great sense of Jordan, you know, like we have this kind of like in an interesting way, she gives us like one thing and then we don't really always know her motivations for stuff, which like on TV characters kind of have a tendency to over explain. And she does still uh, at times, like, you know, she kind of spills all the beans once like in front of like, Oh, well, da, 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 da. but it's nice having a bit of manipulation, you know, early, like a little bit of uh, some secrets, some motivations being withheld. Right. You know, and, and keeping the guard, you know, mysterious and uh, kind of uh, potentially dangerous. Well, not I, from what we know, not potentially dangerous. And they have bulletproof vests with their logo on it. Yeah. And I would say about uh, Jordan, though, because kind of like after they're done kissing, like the way she looks is like, what, you know, what's going on? Is this, you know, she, she seems like, uh, you know, kind of uh, almost befuddled. I don't think it's that a movie good. And she's like, called... wow, the inside of his mouth feels 
completely jagged and ripped apart. He's been eating Captain <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> He's been eating Captain Crunch and Nerds candy. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, well, that was the confusion. And she was like, what the fuck is with his mouth? It's all messed up. I taste berry and then grape <laughs> and strawberry. So. Cause I mean, can he feel, you know, maybe he doesn't take care of his like mouth or his teeth very well. Cause he can't feel things. He, you know, yeah, well, maybe he hurts himself flossing after he uh, nicks up his yeah. sideburns. There's yeah. just tons of blood in his mouth. She's like, what the hell? Yeah. Hey, Nathan's dressing up this season. He, he's looking stylish. I know it's going to bite him in the ass, though. They're going to, that sheriff is going to be like, yeah, some guy in a nice, like a tweed jacket or whatever, gray jacket, like fucking, yeah. s- fucking smash me in the face with a shotgun. I think it was quick enough that he just saw like a white guy. Like, and there was two other guys there. So you can be like, oh, you know, I think Nathan's going to can get away with this. Yeah. Until they find out that the judge that approved this was then quickly murdered right after. Uh, and, and Nathan was the last person he spoke to uh, in a seat was who saw him in person. Yeah. In the inter- courthouse. If internal affairs comes around, they're like, what the, the fuck? There's a, a prison transfer. And then the, the judge who ordered it got murdered right after. And the. The chief is the only guy in the room with them. Like, yeah. Well, and the, you know, and then Aiden's, if we talk to that sheriff, that sheriff is like, yeah, you know what? Actually, that police chief is kind of what the guy who hit me look, looked like. Yeah. And wait, we found this crumpled fax in your office also. It's mm. <laughs> looking pretty bad, Nathan. Pretty corrupt. Well, I like the golem. Um, feels more cursy. Like I said, I like the ones that feel more like a curse than a superpower, per se. Uh, and I think Gollum fits in because it's, you know, from like, well, it's from Jewish folklore, right? I believe so. I believe believe so. I mean, it's kind of like um, a, ma- a magical dreidel out of clay. Uh, no, it's not. I was no, like, no. Um, no. <laughs> Dreidels may be made out of clay, some made out of clay, but, you know, but I think that's what Gollums were, were made out of yeah, clay too. They're made out of clay and then, you know, were sent as like Avengers to go like, you know, enact justice in the unjust world but i think they were particularly brutal uh yeah from what just, what uh i've read and seen yeah i just thought it was funny that they i don't know that they didn't mention this from like jewish folklore they were just like oh yeah from uh you know stuff and i was like come on let's give the credit where it's due yeah you know and i don't know uh you know i don't know you know what religion the zuckermans are you know and uh you know but maybe it's related to their their religion or maybe what you know maybe matt well, any one of them because uh ernst i believe you know is jewish so you know they could have just it's pretty cool how they worked it in though it's, like i said i've always really it's kind of mixing two things in right you know i i really like Gollum stories and then i also like uh like lord of the rings and no, i'm just kidding oh I, I like to think of him more as schmeagle but uh <laughs> yeah i felt like that's a little dated like or i don't know like not even quite on top like topical anymore as like okay lord of the rings had come out like almost 10 years ago before this movie like came or this show this season was on yeah i i don't think it would well no one of them even made a joke right was i think it was duke he's like a golem he's like like the lord of the rings i mean yeah that's what i'm talking about is like i think that that like little joke reference was like a little dated. You don't. You don't think Duke and Nathan could have read uh, Lord of the Rings in school? 
I mean, Duke did not read Lord of the Rings in school. Okay, I'll give I'll say that Nathan depends how much time he spent alone. Um, What book do you think he was reading in high school, if any? Who, Duke? No, Nathan, Nathan. Nathan? Duke was probably fucking looking at Where's Waldo and then uh, boating, boating quarterly. Oh, I, I was oh, sorry. I would, sorry. Uh, cheap sweaters quarterly or something. Yeah. <laughs> burlap sack magazine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, how many items can be made out of a burlap sack? It's like the new hemp. You can make anything out of it. <laughs> but we already legalized burlap. So, <laughs> What do you think Nathan was reading in high school? What's a Nathan book? All right. So he was high school was uh, I got pick one. I got I got my pick on what I think he I just forgot it, but I got it. So Don't his high school it. was what? Uh, pretty close to mine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Early I mean, it 90s. doesn't have to it doesn't have to have come out in the 90s. Like he could be reading books from like he could be reading the Bible all the time for all we know. OK. Catcher in the rye. Catcher in the rye. I thought about it. I think Nathan's a great Gatsby reader, mm. but Catch on the Rye, I was considering it too. I was like, eh, what do you think Duke was reading in high school? Penthouse. Uh, but just for the articles, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't even look at the pictures. Skipped right over those. Yeah. Speaking of that, I'd mentioned earlier how I wish there was Speaking a Speaking of Penthouse? <laughs> th- this is going to tie together. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> So, like I said earlier, I was thinking I wish there was a commentary. So, uh, you know, and, and and the Zuckerman sisters did it so that I can know if the you know Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Alan Rickman's uh, performance influenced it. But if there was a commentary and Eric was involved, what do you think he would say about Jordan's pants? God, I don't want to know. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking you probably want to edit that out so that we can someday get Eric on the podcast. Because you're like, hey, you guys, you know, are, you're tearing me up on there. Go ahead. <laughs> but just based on past history, multiple instances, I was, I would just be curious. And maybe that's why there's not a commentary. Well, I'd love if like other people he was with in the recording, like kept setting him up for it, but he kept not taking the bait. That would like, be hilarious. Oh, you know, like interesting costume choice. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we got to give credit to blah, blah, blah. You know, like da, 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 da. Like, you know, that's a interesting fit, right? Uh, <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, 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 sure, sure. But I'm really looking at Nathan's like jacket. It's looking really nice. Like, let's look mm-hmm. at the, if he's just finding ways to like, you know, worm around it constantly, obviously intentionally, I think would yeah. be comedic. Yeah, oh, wow. Would uh, those pants and uh, restrict her range of motion? And uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, going to hold her back her archery skills or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just you know, I was just thinking about it. It's just, it just funny. Would you have taken the risk Duke took by you know freaking uh you know basically provoking her to uh, to, to kill him? Uh, probably not. But then again, I've never like killed a guy, so I don't yeah. really have that on my conscience. Like. uh that I murdered someone. Well, I got the teardrop tattoo lasered off. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, there's no, I never have either. So, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, nope, we got to find another way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, maybe you know, he's he's dealing with a lot of stuff inside. So I could I could see him kind of you know this kind of guilt welling up and being like yeah yeah you know i just 
an innocent, you know, he didn't say an innocent man, but he's like a helpless man. I was like, well, you, you know, he had kind of a monster tongue trying to eat his kids. It's not quite like you're making it sound like it was just some innocent bystander. Uh, and he was going to die like in 10 minutes anyway. So, yeah, like yeah. he was going to die anyway. And now the kids are fine. It's like, it's not really that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I should say there could be bigger deals. I mean, and there were little, uh, you know, there was some more humor back in this episode after, you know, it seemed like we'd had a stretch of some darker stuff. But I mean, Duke had some funny lines in this. And uh, I liked uh, I liked uh, Audrey and Claire, like, you know, kind of like stumbling over what do they call their sessions, you know, (laughs) know, know, appointments, you know. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I like that, you know, when Audrey tells Duke he's staying with her and then Nathan's like, you know, can't let it go. He's like, uh, you know, she's using you as bait. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Was it? I was like, Ugh, Nathan's I, so like jealous. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was funny, actually. Yeah. yeah, you know, and one thing I liked, I kind of liked how uh, how the Lady Justice would would, would just kind of like, you know, like make these leaps and I kind of like the way she moved. I found it kind of kind of cool. And yeah, she enjoyed. it was pretty good. I just wonder why the well, also also Audrey shoots the shotgun in her place, and the first shot misses, right? And does it, does, it miss, or she hits her, and it doesn't do anything? It just hits, or it hits like part of it, or something like that. The second like shot's shoulder, like I think, pretty dead yeah. on, and like blows her yeah. up. I thought it took three shots. Maybe oh, okay. She I yeah, thought it was two. Uh, maybe there was a third. I don't remember. But her apartment has no or whatever attic space has no signs of any like uh, damage yeah, from the damage. gun. I was no. like, damn, maybe she's that good of a shot that every piece is going into, into the lady. She's got a choke on the front of it. Yeah. So, so in Haven, uh, you can just take your police shotgun home with you and, you know, you can leave it in the Bronco. Dude, I mean, have you seen how... Well, I can see it being in like an officer's vehicle, right? That, like, yeah. So it makes and sense that it would be in Nathan's vehicle. Maybe Audrey has one in her vehicle. And then she, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just remembered something uh, that's related to the podcast. I'll get to it in a second. But maybe Audrey's was in her vehicle and then she brought it up because she knew, you know, hey, like we're going to have a fucking attacker tonight. I guess, I, I guess that's, uh, I can buy that. It's just, you know, just, oh, look, uh, whenever you convenient, there's a shotgun available. Yeah. But I just remembered something. Um, how big of a deal was it? I, mean, I think I'm remembering this correctly. Like how big of a deal Matt McGinnis was making last episode in the commentary about Audrey's car. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he was, was like, like is that her car? And I was like, well, what's going on? He's like, really? Like, I was like, what's the, yeah. what? Like, it's like a rental or something. Like, Audrey doesn't give a shit about her car. Well, and he's like, oh, that's way better than her last car. Yeah. And uh, I was like, what? <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, I, I think it was a Chrysler something, you know, which, you know, probably as a department car, it's probably not necessarily, you know, wouldn't be the cheapest, but. <laughs> they only give, you know, the, maybe she's got it. She bought it from like Luke Casey. He's got, he's like, hey borrow my chrysler for the week or for the year 
Yeah, I'll, I'll rent it to you because, you know, I'm busy surfing or uh, swimming at the swim center or used to swim at the swim center. Uh-huh. He's got a lot of expendable income because he's uh, double dipping as like the chief psychiatrist and the fucking coroner. Yeah, he's, and he's probably skimming money off of grants that he's got for various studies. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know. I mean, invest- we've seen the type of science he, I mean, the, the rules are fast and loose in Haven. We've seen the way Nathan Chief's the town we've seen the way Lucchese runs experiments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I'm just going to smash this shit. I think the next guest star that should come in is an accountant who comes in and is like, what the fuck like is going yeah. on? Like how you guys are paying, like, where's all this money going to? And they're like, Oh, well that's the fixer guy, uh, Dwight. We got to pay him. Like, And a a lot based on how his like brand new, incredibly expensive pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, it's Dwight. We got to pay him a lot of money. Uh, Oh, this is for the cover ups. Oh, this is the bribe money. Oh, this is for, you know, Audrey's car. Uh, It's like, what the the fuck? This is the Captain Crunch uh, money. Exactly. I'd love to see. And then, you know, finding out the Teagues are we I mean, we I think we need an accounting episode with an accounting themed curse or trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause a uh, Duke, he, he made that comment after he was leaving Audrey's office, you know, like after, you know, Hey, did you say I was, a, do you really believe I'm a good man and all of that? And then he leaves and tells Nate, and what does he say? Uh, or he tells her, I'm going to be doing two years of back. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, so maybe the accountant bit is that, yeah, yeah. He carves your tax return into your skin. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to say something with like multiplication or I don't know, like something, some pun on deductions. Yeah. Well, this is high tier stuff. This is right there with love machine in terms of. uh... (laughs) No, let me tell you, your your mother knows way more because she is an actual accountant and went, went to school for it. But, uh, I had to take it in business school as well, uh, financial and management accounting, and it was not fun. I, I didn't really enjoy it. See, that's the, that's it. We already got the tagline for like the accounting episode. You know, like we'll see somebody furiously typing on a calculator, and then you know the narrator or whatever of like the preview will be like, "It's not fun." <laughs> <laughs> that's the curse. They repo Duke's boat uh <laughs> yeah you, you you keep uh you keep doing the problem but as soon as you finish it clears and you have to do it again over and Dang, over infinite taxes it's almost it's almost like a sisyphus rolling the, the rock <laughs> up the hill just to go down the other side or the grapes you can't reach i forgot that uh, one but that's a prometheus's punishment mm, yeah is infinite uh, but not a task, I guess. I guess he just sits there and gets eaten all day. Okay, two two last things I, I have, and uh, you know, first is, uh, you know, when they first mentioned the gun and the gun, uh, uh, the gun and Rose Diner, th- didn't they make it sound like it was out by some highway? Yeah, yeah I kind of yeah. thought it was like out of town, like not right. nearby, like out by Highway Ten or something. And I was like, Nathan can walk there from the courthouse in a matter of minutes. I mean, I mean, a couple minutes. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I and like I'd have to go rewatch the original, you know, that episode where the Teaks tell them. 
but it just, uh, you know, that. And then lastly, for me, do you think Haven is big enough for two high schools? I think we've been over this a couple of times. Like I, I, Haven, yeah, yeah. Haven can have multiple, multiple schools, maybe not more than two, but I mean, look how many people there are, how many people have died and haven't moved out of town. It's got to have a pretty big, I know they've discussed on the pod on, on the commentary that the, the debate about what's the population of Haven is something they've talked about a lot. Um, But yeah, I'll say Haven could have two high schools. Okay. Okay. I think it's bigger than a lot than like some small, smaller towns that might only have one. Well, and it's, you know, the the greater Haven metropolitan area, you know, the the kids who live out in the more rural areas, you know, you know, out out there by the compound with, uh, with the swimming guys. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah, I mean that's a lot of kids over there. I got a bus just for them. Well, and you know there might be a a, a polygamous cult somewhere out in the in the woods too. God. So, like, uh, yeah. like six houses. Okay, that that'd be a lot. Waco, but, Maine, somewhere out there. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> the compound. All right, that's uh, that's pretty much what I have for the episode. All right, awesome. Um, that is it for the episode. We are done with episode five. We'll be moving on to episode six in two weeks. Uh, you can enter the maze of Haven with us uh, beyond the podcast on Patreon. We have bonus episodes and a bunch of extra stuff like that. There's a link in the description. Uh, you can email us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at Haven's Troubled, capital H, capital T. Uh, We have been giving away seasons of the show on Blu-ray. So season two is going to be uh, given away next episode. We'll announce the winner. So get in your tweets and emails while you can. Uh, It was to name the director of the documentary, uh, a little documentary short about Hayden. I think if we give you the title, it might just be a little too easy. So you're going to have to look it up because it can kind of be hard to find uh, information on. But there's a documentary uh, on season three's Blu-ray, uh, and you can also find it on the internet. Uh, we want you to just tell us who the director is. I think if you go back to the previous episodes, I mentioned the actual title of it. Uh, but make you do a little legwork, make you go back and listen. It's not a scam. IMDb. <laughs> it's a little tough to find an IMDb. <laughs> a little hidden. All yeah, right, that's I couldn't it. Find it. Yeah, that's it for me. Um, Alex French. And this is Rich French. I want to thank you again for returning to Haven with us, getting back in the maze, and uh, we really appreciate you listening. Please feel free to reach out and contact us with, uh, you know, email, Twitter, whatever you want to hear. You know, on, on discussed on the show, ideas you have, things you don't necessarily agree with us on, or if we said anything that seems egregious, you know, then you're like, no, you guys are way off on that. We would love to hear <laughs> that from you. We'd love to engage with you. Uh, if you're one of our Patreon members, we would love to, you know, at some point set up a, you know, maybe a Zoom call and we can discuss various things about the show. So in closing, thanks for listening again. Please be safe. And most importantly, never let your troubles get you down.